Welcome to The Board, a podcast series on mechanical keyboards by the mechanical keyboard community. Proudly brought to you by Idea23. Awesome caps at great prices. And Kibio, the place for split keyboards. And DIY keyboards. Get cracking. And you completely stuffed it up. Yeah. But uh, welcome back, Kevin. There's There was an extra <laughs> and in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know whose fault it was, but I had nothing to do with it. You, I even deleted that and on the running sheet. Some mus- so you muscle memory. Muscle memory. But, you know, it's actually great to be able to have a third line to have there. Not to mention the fact that it's fantastic to hear your voice again, Kevin. Yeah, well, I'm back after three weeks. But uh, you're going to be away again, aren't you? Yes, so next week I am going to be in Ho Chi Minh and... Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if they respond to my emails, I'll see Jellicky. But. <laughs> like they ghost you again? Yeah. The last time they made plans and then they canceled on the plans. So, um, I don't know. I'll see. But I should be able to be on next week because um, my Saturday doesn't have any, like, to any, like, actual plans set yet. So I should have free time to come on. But I will be in travel attire. As in, no <laughs> microphone. But I'll have my laptop. Well, you can always try your, your laptop microphone, I guess, uh, if necessary. And we'll, we'll just have to deal with it. I but, wonder, uh, it, depending on how much I'm, like, traveling, I wonder if there's, like, a it's like a to-go mic that's decent that would be worth buying. Because I seem to be, like, on the road a lot right now. <laughs> what you could think about is possibly getting a... Levia mic, uh, like a lapel mic. Levia, lapel mic. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You can you can get some really good quality lapel mics actually out there, and they're lightweight enough for you to be able to to take with you for travel purposes. Yeah, because so the Yeti microphone is not it's not gonna happen. <laughs> this thing is so no. big. It's like the size of my arm. The diameter is like three or four times the size of my arm. I must say, the Yeti is quite a versatile microphone because it has a couple of different pickup modes on it. So it's got the omnidirectional, it's got the bidirectional, and it's got the uh, condenser. Whereas my microphone is purely a straight forward-facing condenser with a cardioid pattern. So, so you know, you have a lot more options in how you record using the Yeti, but obviously you don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you make sacrifices in other areas. I did drop it once, and nothing happened. Well, the thing is, if we were actually in the same room, the Yeti would be a better microphone, because with the bi-directional, we could sit, like, directly opposite each other, and it would actually pick up from both sides of that conversation piece. Uh, I have a friend who does, like, a comedy podcast, or used to, and him and his mate literally sit in like the garage and they have the yeti mic oh on, like, man we gotta be like between the two of them. face to face with each other eye contact yeah. <laughs> well no because because it's a comedy thing so they're basically like cracking jokes and stuff and you know they're just sitting there like literally having beers just talking crap and and having a good time so having a brew you know, microphones like that work really really well yeah well, it's good to have you back, of course, again, and there's been plenty of things happening in the community that 
we've gone over while you were away. But we're going to obviously touch on some of those things as Kevin has added. And he's actually created today's list. And why have you done that today, Kevin? Because of one of the items on the list on the Sydney (laughs) Mechanical Keyboard Meetup was today. And Don was busy at the meetup. Indeed, indeed. uh, So this year for Sydney Keyboard Meetup, we only had one. Last year we had two, one mid-year and one at the end. But uh, circumstances ended up being just one this year. It was co-hosted by Tay Keyboards and myself. So I want to say a very big thank you to Tay Keyboards. Now, if you're naturally listening to this podcast and you have no idea who Tay Keyboards is, you should head over to YouTube and check him out. He has 40,000 subscribers, probably one of our biggest, you know, keyboard dedicated proponents in in our community. Um, Yeah, absolutely great guy, Andrew is. And I think we did a pretty good meetup this year. Had about 100, 120 people turn up, which was really good. We had a couple of sort of big local names turn up. Uh, Cos from Coscaps turned up. We had uh, Reese from Daily Clack turn up. We had Rama turn up. Like these guys actually came from interstate, right, to come to the meet. And our our sort of excellent international guest that turned up today was actually Bus Gamer One from Idea Twenty Three. So that was actually really, really cool to meet him as well um, as just get to hang out a little bit with him. I didn't get a lot of chance to to talk terribly much or hang out afterwards because I just had to get all my stuff home and I didn't have any transport modes readily, easily available to me and I didn't want to inconvenience other people. So my day was I woke up at 6. I was on public transport by 7.30 and I had 42 kilos not including the weight of the actual dolly slash trolley I was using. Um, yeah, so that ooh, that was the wind blowing a door shut in my apartment. <laughs> Apologize for that. Um, yeah, so meetup went uh, till four was uh, when I was trying to get everything packed up by and I didn't get home till 6.30. So I was out for 12 and a half hours today practically for all for all purposes to do with the meet. I do want to say thank you to everybody who turned up local and interstate. I want to say thank you to all of our amazing sponsors, including Kibio and, of course, Idea23. Uh, without you guys, you know, we wouldn't be able to have offered some great things uh, as little incentives and prizes for the raffle draw. So now Bus Gamer is, had seems like he had a great time and he was talking about if they can get together uh, a couple of meets around Australia within the same month, he would be more than happy to come over again and actually fly city to city to check them all out as well in one trip. So that would be absolutely epic if it happened. So it sounds like he's uh, a fan of Australia. Well, he's he's been to the Blue Mountains and he had a great time. He went on some hikes and is eating some great food. Um, I'm not quite sure what is sort of seen in Sydney, but uh, yeah, they seem to have really enjoyed it so far. So uh, he's he's keen to come back and check out more sights and sounds when he can. Oh, wow. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I think the Switch library went really well. I did see quite a lot of people sort of checking out the library. And I got a couple of comments about the down bubble, which 
some people said that yeah, it was really different and interesting and, and they were really keen to see it develop further. So that was that was really positive to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So uh but uh, I don't know, should we should we talk about that as a as a segue through and before we get into some of the other topics? Yeah, that sounds fine with me. So you watched that video this week, right? Yes, I watched the down bubble video. Give me your thoughts on the down bubble. Um, it's cool. So, I like that your hands can be angled. Um, I I find it interesting that you designed it, like, specifically to fit your needs perfectly. Um, especially, like, for example, like, having the numpad accessible by your right hand because that is actually like that not necessarily like perfectly fits other people's requirements like it i don't think it would fit my requirements nearly as well as it does yours <laughs> but it's interesting um yeah i i like that you 3d printed the case and you somehow managed to do it out of three pieces and still keep it together four, four, four pieces. pieces oh man yeah, um, yeah, I guess overall I'm just interested and I'm interested in seeing like how people receive it, if people want to buy it, and then if if we would ever like run a buy for it or if you are ever going to try to do that. Well, I said that in the video and if you haven't seen it, by the way, of course, it's on, on the YouTube channel. Uh, and I've had you know some comments on there, which was interesting too, that I wanted to play test it for a bit in the office, right? And, and really get some use out of it before I decided to take it any further. And I've actually already had some comments at work about it because people, because it's got the vomit set on it. And that really draws people's attention because the first thing they see and they ask is, is there an actual meaning to the different colors on the keycaps? And I say no, because it's just a, a random, you know, assortment of caps that I've been able to put on it. And then they look at the the actual layout and they're like, oh, that's really different. After I explain it to the, some of them, they're actually very much like, wow, like that's actually really ergonomic. And I sit next to a WHS guy, a workplace health and safety guy. And he was actually saying that I should think about like becoming like an ergonomic assessment type of person because you know my desk layout is all about ergonomics with the split keyboard and having a wireless mouse so that you know it's not going to be caught up with the with the cables and you know the way that i've got it set up so i'm not sitting in the corner because i've got an l-shaped type desk as most people do in cubicles i'm actually sitting against the flat edge rather than in the corner because a lot of people will traditionally try and sit in that pointy part if you know what i mean um and then that causes all sorts of issues about your arms and elbows and reach distances and blah, blah, blah. I've never but had, anyway. I've never had like a cubicle or a desk that's like an L-shaped desk. So, so no. people actually like sit at the like 90 degree angle. So they, they'll actually sit so that there's like the triangle pointiness of the, the junction and you can actually get metal inserts that slide in. So it produces a flat edge for you to have like your keyboard on. Yeah. I... It's, it's actually really, really common. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I've never like I don't know, all my desks have been weird. Most like two of them have been in like labs that 
<laughs> or like working labs with machinery so you kind of just like have a table and then the other just a bench yeah the other one is just like a table like a like a line a table a rectangle yeah okay but but anyway so so the feedback's actually been pretty good nobody's really said oh that you know doesn't feel right or i don't like it or anything like that but they could be polite but that's okay now moving forward i think so far i've only used it for a week and i do want to put in extensive more time using it some of the things that i've kind of picked up on it is the height at the front is actually really high now i made it 30 millimeters or three centimeters high and i already knew that that was going to be high but i deliberately made that quite high because i was hand wiring it i knew i was hand wiring it so i had to give it clearance for the controller as well as the diodes and the wiring okay uh, and because it tapers away it makes it more challenging because the back is only 20 millimeters which is closer to like a standard height of, of, a, of a keyboard but you're not going to have enough space depending on the wiring and everything else if you've got a negative angle and it's only 20 millimeter high because then the lower edge is going to be less than 20 millimeter and well you know pro micro headers or the the controller that i'm using is just not going to really fit in that space conveniently uh the solution to that of course is having a nice wrist rest and I've, i'm using my normal wrist rest which covers half the height so it's actually workable but i could use a high wrist rest However, if we were to go forward and, and do this properly and have a PCB, I would probably take it down at least 5, if not 10 mil, so it would be 20. But then I still don't have a solution on getting that height difference because the 10 millimeter height difference from front to back is actually really comfortable and it balances out a sculpted SA really, really well. It took me about a day to get used to the angle because the angle is not as adjustable compared to the split with a cable because you can sort of just shift that however you like but i didn't want to play with it too much when i was designing because i really had no idea how it was but now i'm really comfortable because it's just a five degree angle on both sides mm -hmm. uh, and the numpad in the middle works really well and you know the key mapping um you know i spoke to some people and they were like oh well i probably wouldn't use backspace there and i'd use left you know left uh, right thumb for spacebar and stuff and i was like but that's the best part it's completely programmable so you would be able to use this layout however you want and they were like oh yeah okay so i could put like control here so then they could use like um thumb as the control on the spacebar instead of where i've got the the left thumb for space mm -hmm. and then being able to do right hand thumb enter like an ergodox or like an iris because the numpad is right there really appealed to some people. They were like, instead of using pinky enter. So so it is currently looking like I want to go ahead and turn it into something metal. But of course, whether we do it, you know, and work on it as a project for a bent case or an actual milled case, or I don't know. Um, I don't have a time frame for that yet. And nor do I have the finances unless if somebody wants to be, <laughs> you know, a financial backer on this. Uh, um, angel investor. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think it's been a really fun project and I'm, I'm really enjoying using it. So maybe in the new year, we'll be able to really sink a bit more time into it as things settle in and uh, think about where we want to go with it or where I want to go with it, I guess. Hmm. 
Cool. By the way, I just want to apologize to everybody if I seem a bit rambly and everything because I'm I'm really knackered. 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 You know, <laughs> today, today, at the meetup, I literally had only two bottles of water and one chicken nugget. So you're doing one, of the, one of the classic chicken nugget fasts? So I, I, I got home and I just scoffed down some food because I was just like... More chicken so nuggets, of course. <laughs> That was some some spring rolls and and some uh, pork belly and and a bit of fried rice that my wife had brought home from because uh, she went out with uh, Arietti for a play date and and there was just leftovers that she brought back so I was like whatever man it's food Pfft, down it went <laughs> all right so maybe we should move on and uh, talk about some 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 stuff yeah okay I think if you're okay let's jump into this one i just so i got Go a, it i got a question from on reddit for uh, from two two days ago from a viewer who asked a question and i wanted don to listen to my response to it and then judge it and then also to see how like what recommendations he would have for this person okay so he said that he's looking to buy a good mechanical keyboard that's qmk programmable but it's hard to tell how my hands will be positioned on the board and he also does not overly up he does not like overly upright keyboards like big angled keyboards he said he's interested in the white fox and was wondering if i had experience using it and had information about its height and uprightness especially if the keys are higher up compared to other boards and he also wondered um about the back legs and if and if uh, the angled cherry profile of the keys is designed to be used in an upright position and would not be good in a flat position. He likes keyboards with slightly raised backs, like typical legs on a standard cheap keyboard. And if you don't recommend the White Fox based on these concerns, what do you recommend? So my response was the White Fox is a well-designed keyboard as far as keeping the keys lower to the desk as it doesn't have a lot of extra material. You could get smaller feet if the angle is too high, but it may be hard to find proper fitting feet that are less angled. Also, many people prefer to have the bottoms of the case fully filled out rather than just using little feet, but that's a style choice. The cherry caps would be totally fine on a flatter angled keyboard. Cherry is a very, very easy to use profile, just like OEM, and you will have no problem using it with angled or flat boards. And he also asked what I thought about the Kira to meet these requirements. And I told him that the Kira is pretty bulky and that's going to be sitting a lot higher up. And I don't think that's a good choice for him. And then here comes my big, big recommendation here. I told him that I think the Magic Force 68 with a replacement circuit board from Kibio would be a great choice because it would be QMK compatible and it would keep the cost down. And... It also comes with little flip-out feet for angling, but it normally comes with a slightly um, a slightly angled design as well, just naturally. So he has like two angles to play around with there. And the keycaps are super easy to replace because that layout is actually like, really, it's like a TKL layout. And the only change is that there's no bottom right key that the arrow keys are just a little bit closer like the shifts are the same enters are the same backspaces are the same so yeah i I thought 
I thought I nailed that one. But what do you, what would you what would your recommendation be? What do you think? I I think you actually covered that pretty well. The Magic Force is actually a really slim keyboard. Having reviewed one now and seen it up close and personal and you know given it the old flex test, the Magic Force 68's super solid for the price range that you look at. And it does exactly describe the way that he's he's wanting in that either flat or slightly angled. Now, depends on what size keyboard he needs or wants though, because if he's saying White Fox because he wants a 65, 65 to 75, then that really cuts out a lot of options, obviously. But if he is okay in say perhaps going smaller, something like the Vortex Core, or even the Race 3. I mean, the Race 3 is probably a bit bigger, but they're also really, really low-profile cases. They're very slim, flat, cut down. But are so, they programmable? So they are programmable with onboard programming, but probably not to the same flexibility as QMK. So, like, now, using Vortex the QBO throw-in? Um, well, the QBO throw-in's I don't know if it's going to... It won't fit. Like, the Vortex cores are 40%. No, no, I, three... I I know. I mean for the Magic Force. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so 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 putting in um, the replacement PCB from Kibio would be perfectly fine. But to be honest, if you're going to do that and use the, the Kibio PCB, why not just get yourself some laser-cut plates? Because if you're going to get yourself some laser-cut plates... You can have a custom build that's as flat and low as you like. Mm, yeah. And that, hmm, so, I guess for somebody who has, like, I, I don't know about this guy's experience, but for your first <laughs> compute, for your first keyboard, going with laser cut plates, a metal or acrylic, I think that could be pretty, like, daunting. I mean, like, I was nervous on my, like, third build using my own ideas and designs for a laser but, cut build. But this is the thing, right? You don't need your own ideas and design. It's an existing layout. It's very easy to get hold of and generate in, say, you know, Swill KB. And you can even... There's there's people who'd be more than happy to help you get the actual files generated because it's such a simple thing to do. Then you just need to throw it out, like, you know, Laser Boost, Laser Gears, Ponoco... You know, so many laser cut vendors out there. Heck, even Kibio might be able to help you with that because I know he's got access to some laser cutting services in his network. And and then you can have it super low, super duper low. No feet or just like, you know, rubber strip feet. There's plenty of options there in that context. But I would say it's very much dependent on form factor. And if you wanted to make it even lower profile... Go with DSA keycaps because the uniformity of the DSA matches very well with flat keyboards. Cherry, even though they are lower than OEM profile, still have a bit of a height, uh, you know, ascension across the rows. Whereas the DSA is nice and flat, which which keeps that, you know, even lower in overall. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, think, I think your options that you've recommended are, are really, really solid. And having actually used the White Fox as well, I've reviewed the White Fox courtesy of Matele lending it to me. 
just unscrew the feet. Like, just take the feet off. No? Yeah. But if he wanted it, they'll... So if he did want, like, a slight angle, like, let's say he doesn't like it completely fat, flat, but he wants, like, a slight angle. Bump-ons. Yeah, but just bump-ons, on bump-ons, maybe. Yeah, that could yeah. work. Just get some stick-on bump-ons. Bam. Done. You can get, like, 2 mil bump-ons. You can get, like, 5 mil bump-ons, 8 mil bump-ons. Plenty of options there. Plenty mm-hmm. of options. Well, it was really nice that they reach out to you, though. So, and and I think your response was pretty spot on. So, if they're listening to our podcast as well, um, yeah, that's some some different thoughts and views on that. Yeah, keyboard. Yeah, and I told him that I would bring it up. So, hopefully, he does hear the discussion. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. You pick the next topic. <laughs> Actually, uh, I'll, I'll give, like, an announcement because this is, like, the biggest hype ever. So, I ordered those, like, palm keycaps <laughs> from MassDrop with a ship date of February. And they shipped, like, yesterday or two days ago. Or three days ago, I think. So, yeah, for to all the MassDrop haters, they shipped that, like, three months early. Okay? So, that's there's yeah. always a time for firsts, right? Um, actually, before we sort of go any further, we don't have any competition thingies happening this month because I didn't announce any last week. So we might need to think about that as well, uh, whatever's happening this month. And I'm not even sure what's the calendar like for, for coming up for the next couple of weeks because there's going to be... Okay, so there's no clash directly with Christmas or New Year's. All right. So I don't know if we want to do anything special, but I kind of have an idea in mind for at least one of the competition slash giveaways but we'll we'll get to that very shortly uh look we've really got popcorn and non-popcorn topics right now there's a couple which are kind of related and then of course we have just other bits and it seems to be very mass drop heavy this week kevin why is that um well one of the popcorn (laughs) topics is directly related um all right, you know what? Let's do the one you're selecting right now. So I don't know why it is, but it's just I don't know. Master Off seems to be doing decent this week, but the biggest reason <laughs> is because the big topic, which I won't spoil, is related to Master Off this week, which has been a part of discussion for the past like I don't know month. It keeps coming up. I'm so over it, but they're not even that great. But okay, so. This is this next topic is the Geek Maker Creamy Switches, which I had brought up in a chat. Uh, I think I brought it up and had like a small discussion in the Seattle Slack a long time ago. But these are a new switch developed by this group called Geek Maker, and they tried to make them better than Cherry MX Blacks. <laughs> they wanted to outperform MX Blacks. So I think that basically just relies on smoothness. And they're also cuter because they're a little like um, pastel, yellow, pink, purple, and cyan. Or I guess they call it green, but that's cyan. Don't don't kid me. So, and they come in different weights of the yellow one's 55 gram. The pink one is 62 gram. The purple one is 67 gram. 
and the cyan one is 78 gram and they're all linear they come with looped palm stems gold springs they have new molds of housings and stems and they're pcb mount but they're not compatible with smd leds so pretty standard as far as that goes and they they come as like five point switches so you could use them pcb mount if you want um yeah they look cool and i think i want to try the 55 gram ones to see so i'll probably be buying enough for a board there of those ones just to i don't know i really hate the whole like which one is smoother debate <laughs> but like these look kind of cool and i i've been following this one a little bit for the past like two months maybe so now that they're for sale i think i i think i'll go for enough for a board of the yellow ones and maybe i'll give my thoughts on them but yeah i guess are you do these look interesting to you at all don like when somebody showed like a thumbnail of these i was like they almost look like candies I almost know. They, they, they almost look like just like artisan like somebody had made a keycap in the shape of a switch like a switch sitting on top of a switch and then when people started talking about these and and were discussing the features they were just like it's like another like chinesium knockoff of a cherry switch but it's all it's all air until somebody gets it and tests it right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Look, 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 look. So, we're going to be talking about other switches later on, right? But here's the thing. Everything is hype until people get to try them, okay? Because regardless of what material they're made of, regardless of what kind of springs they have, regardless if they're pre-lubed or not, the community has already experienced through multiple different products and different buys promises that do not hold water, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking right now how, like, the pandas, which is the source of this, like, stupid, like, the pandas switches will never die, but they were designed to be, like, the ideal linear switch, and they weren't even that great, <laughs> so. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that, you know, people are still quoting spring forces without tolerances, right? Like, so, so this 55-gram actuation force linear business, like we don't even know what the tolerance and quality of the springs are. So if they go by, say, better than cherry standards, does that mean that's plus or minus 10 grams? Or is that plus or minus 15 grams? Instead of, you know, cherries plus or minus 20 gram range. You know what? Oh. So I like these. They're cute. And there's not that much hype, okay? So I'm going to join the other 38 people buying these. So leave me alone, Don. <laughs> but, but look, it's good that there are more options. It's always good that there's more options, right? But until they get out there, you just don't know. Because these things could be amazing or they could just be utter rubbish. Now, here's, let me tell you, one switch that was really sort of, I'm not going to call hyped because I didn't feel like it was terribly hyped, but it was talked about a lot. Where is that switch now? I don't really know, but I'm talking about the mod switches. Whatever happened to mod switches? Like, I was super keen to actually try them all out, and in the end, I only have one set of mod M's, which I put into a switch library keyboard. I haven't even tried any of the others, because I never received any samples, unfortunately, and they've just 
disappeared. They've just fallen off. Can you How still people- buy them? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't gone and had a look at Oko lately. I don't know if they're available on KBD fans because I haven't sort of been Switch buying much. Um, but but that was a Switch that people were like, oh, you know, it was at the meetup. It felt really good. Sounded really great. Lots of people were reviewing them. But now, how many people are actually talking, buying, building, showing mod switches? Oh, there's um, mod linear switches now too. <laughs> but but not a lot, right? I so, never, I didn't hear about them till now. <laughs> so so this is the thing, right? Geek Maker, creamy switches. You know, I wish you best of luck, but you're you're basically coming into the game into a market that is just absolutely saturated. I would just love to see somebody bust out like, all right, I'm tired of this. Here's my like forest graphs. Our switches are legitimately smoother than all you clowns out there. That's what I need right now. (laughs) Yeah, but like Huey's got, Huey's got, you know, access to Harta's stuff, right? Because he did that, that force graph testing with the, uh, the Jesus switch, which we'll get to. And, you know, I said a few things about, uh, his testing and his methodology, which that's from a scientific point of view, but the fact that he's doing that is fantastic. And that's what needs to be really done on a consistent sort of way when people are releasing switches. That device obviously is not very accessible because it's custom designed sort of hardware for measuring force actuation and hysteresis. So if people were able to get together and develop and design and and make it cost effective to have more of these units produced, I can tell you a lot of keyboard enthusiasts would probably get one and then they would be able to do their own testing because everyone loves keyboard science. It's just that keyboard science is not necessarily accessible for everybody at the same time. Um, But look, at 40 bucks US, right, for a pack of 70, okay, that's fine. But for me to add shipping, these would be very expensive. So, and, well, what can I say? Um, It's just... uh, not my bag, mostly because they're linears. Wait till we get sponsored by FedEx. Then <laughs> <laughs> Donald by everything. Actually, I don't like FedEx because they suck in how they deliver. I know this is a tangent, right? But this is the problems that Australians have, right? Because we're in the antipodes. DHL have drop-off points. So I can get stuff delivered to my local news agent because they're a drop-off point right? Couriers will drop it off at Australia Post, so I can go to my local post office. FedEx, if you're not at home, you have to go to their depot. They won't drop it off to anywhere else. Um, Which is in New Zealand. (laughs) My local depot is in Rydalmere, which is like an hour's drive plus in traffic, which I would never be able to get to at all because I would not be able to get home in time to get in the car to go to their depot. I would have to take a day off to be able to pick up my stuff that people send me with FedEx if my wife isn't home the day that it arrives. Well, Don, how much is it it worth to you? How much do you care about the the stabilizer set you just ordered? My stabilizer set? (laughs) That's coming FedEx. What? Never mind. <laughs> um, so, yeah, DHL, way better. Way, way, way better. Way better. 
DHL. <laughs> yeah, I like DHL too. DHL is pretty solid. But anyway, look, creamy switches. The verdict's not going to come in until people get their hands on it. Uh, if you like linears, you got to give them a try. Whoa, radio silence for two seconds. How awkward. <laughs> oh, was oh, I supposed to talk? <laughs> Podcast silence. Okay. Oh. All right. Um, yeah, do you... So there's this new set. I don't know if you've talked about it yet, but it's the new keycap set called the My X Drop X Mito. We got to stop with the X thing. I don't know. Something about it is like, can we just put an and sign there? Mass Drop X Mito MT3 Godspeed custom keycap set. So it's that MT3 profile that Mito and Mass Drop made together. And they made a Godspeed color of it. <laughs> um, and it's 3,000 sets, or 3,000, 3,000 cells. So that's like, I, I think they count it like every kit. Every kit is a separate cell. Yeah. Yeah. That like way to hype it so hard and then split your thing into like every keycap is a kit. So really like 30 people have bought this. But what do you think? Um, what, what do you like it? Do you, are you interested in the in this MT3 profile? Does this do anything for you? I this doesn't do anything for me. I I do want to try an MT3 profile just because you know I I want to try all the profiles right. Obviously, uh, I feel that I would probably adapt to the MP, MT3 perfectly fine. Whether it's like you know Dev TTY or any of the other ones, it's just that. Godspeed is a very gentle scheme to me. I don't mind the colors. It's very office friendly, uh, but I don't have a particular attachment to a space program as such. Uh, and and in general, look, this is a this is a <laughs> this is a personal thing, obviously about personalities within the community. I just have not the most positive to Mito in general. So anything that he produces, I would have to be absolutely gaga over it before I would actually get it. So that's that's just how it is from things that I've seen and the way that things have gone involving him. But profile-wise, um, yeah, the profile was done by Mateo, who is of White Fox fame. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah. He did like the actual profile the actual design MP3 with those profile. OG yeah. with those OG uh, like three D printed. I remember those prototypes when he had them. Yeah, you were correct about that. So Mito did not do the profile. I think I said that wrong. Yeah, it was the Ma- Why, their names are of course close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally different people. <laughs> and Mateo is also the guy who did the White Fox originally, right? Yes, yes. Okay. White fox and the brown fox. So, so you know, Mateo seems really cool. Very straight up guy. Very helpful from all the forum posts that I've seen over the years in Destharity and everywhere else. So, yeah, I'd be more than happy to support the profile. Uh, and, of course, one day, maybe, I might have some to play with. Yeah. And that, that, so the first, the first Godspeed was that essay, and then they did the XDA one. Yes. Is XDA still a thing? Are they still making XDA? They are. 
what the so the XDA Vortex Vortex does XDA. Okay, because I remember maybe it was the J Chan XDA set that like went off the rails. Am I remembering <laughs> that correctly? The, unfortunately, a lot of things with um, J Chan has kind of gone slightly off the rails at the moment. So yeah, I remember like there was a big XDA set that never happened, and a bunch of people complained. But I guess if this profile is still going, I did try. I did try one of those sets from Got Jolly Green Giant like a year ago now, two years ago now, and I liked it. So I would, yeah, I, I want to try XDA. Let's get XDA going. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We get. We gotta. We gotta move on. Gotta move, gotta move. Alright, let's just do this one quickly. I just want to see if you have any, like... So, so you, we all know that there was this, like, mass drop versus input club sort of, like, situation which happened. Uh-huh. And then just, like, the... I don't even remember the name of it, but input club has their 10 keyless keyboard that's all RGB style and such. The control? Yeah, no... Or not master in, input clubs. Is it called the control? I think mass drops is called the control, right? Mass drops one's called the control. Yeah. And then what's the input club one called? Uh, it's like super famous, and they developed it forever, and it had a huge like Kickstarter. The K type. K type. Yeah. So now, like, so they both have their like TKLs now that are s- similar. <laughs> and so mass drop also has their 65 percent which is like a white fox basically what i mean what, what do you what do you think about this one as compared to like uh, you so you've used the white fox how would you compare just like general impressions of the alt keyboard to the white fox um i find it weird the way that the bottom of the keyboard is Mm-hmm. Like, as in like how it's three pieces or as like, in the angle feet as in the feet yeah like, they're interesting what, what is with those strip feet <laughs> yeah they're like the, i'm not a fan of them are you talking about the rubber feet or the angled feet the angled feet the two okay. bits of angled feet yeah, those are definitely weird. And also the, the rubber feet are weird. If you look at the bottom view, they're just like lines and they just... So so it looks like the rubber feet are meant to be stuck on and you just leave them. But if you want to increase the angle, you add on, you screw on or something, the angled feet. Because if you look at the side profile pictures, the rubber feet are still there on the case with the angle feet attached. Yeah, it does look it does That's look why I was like, it looks so stupid. They're just like hanging on for their life. They're like, oh, we're going up now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Uh, look. It's a very clean look. You know that I'm not an RGB aficionado, so the lighting doesn't do anything for me. I do find it interesting that uh, they've gone with that sort of that layout in the sense that they could have they could have done something different if they wanted to but they wanted to keep it sort of as standard as possible right this is not a new layout 
or anything interesting. Okay, so I want to I want to put it out there that there is nothing that says, "Ooh, that's something different." And that's what mm-hmm. I tend to want to look at, right? When I look at a lot of keyboards now, you you can look at things and appreciate them for their aesthetic. You can look at keyboards for their innovation, right? And then you can look at keyboards just because they're different. So I saw the Batrius today. So it's an Atrius style layout, but the entire case was cut out in the shape of like a Batman, right? So that's like aesthetics and something different and it's innovative and novel, right? So you look at it and go, hey, that's actually really cool. You look at this and you go, oh, it's aluminium. It's a standard layout. It's got RGBs. It's got weird feet. Like, do you know what I mean? You go, you go down the list and go, well, why would I want to buy this mm-hmm. versus any other board, any other board that you could look at, say, for on KBD fans, mm-hmm. that would be a competitor to this, let alone okay. going to Input Club? Well, I guess so. The I'll start with things that, that, that make this good. Just to like balance this out a little bit. It's QMK compatible, so that's like a unique thing. You can buy this board pre-built with KL or Kaiwa Kaiwa or Halo switches. So that like those could match your requirements well. Um it's USB C. Uh yeah, uh and it comes I don't know if you want shine through caps, but the caps do not look thick. <laughs> um, I don't want to use them. <laughs> but they're double shot PBT. Bro. It's it's not about only the material. It's about it's about GMK. <laughs> okay, so look, hot swap for me, uh, it's not necessary for a standard keyboard for me, right? Hot swap not not a requirement at all. QMK, you know that I am not a person that does layers or anything fancy with my keyboards. Heck, I've I've custom built a full-size keyboard just so I don't have to deal with layers. <laughs> so, it's not absolutely necessary to have QMK for a standard layout. Cherry style stabilizers, eh. Choosing cherry, kale, or halo switches, eh. Floating key design, eh. Dual USB-C, okay, that's that's cool, but like you're you're saving potentially 30 centimeters of cable length right depending on where your cable needs to run so so that's what i'm saying like is they're nice they're interesting design considerations but it's more of an aesthetic than anything different that screams this is worth 180 us plus ship so so if they sold 170 of these and or they sold a thousand of these it says 996 sold and it's a 200 it's 180 dollar keyboard that's a hot, that's like a hot, over $150,000 of business this this keyboard. Yeah. That seems crazy. <laughs> and and I can tell you, right, it, but even with your own experience at that kinds of volume, that would make a probably very healthy margin on this. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I Wow, this is yeah, it's interesting. I'd be interested in seeing what the packaging looks like. <laughs> it's a product that is in stock, ready to ship. So that may be more of an appeal for some people because they don't have to wait for a drop, right? Yeah, it is, that... it is an item that they are pre-making to have available. 
that's 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 definitely uh that's something that does make it unique because you i waited like over a year for the white fox so. <laughs> so well you know what my white fox tears and support went into making this project possible probably slightly probably there's some overlap in the people who worked on the white fox also working on this not no, i'm not talking about input club people but there was obviously mass mass drop people involved in the original white fox runs too so you know what i contributed to the mass drop alt mechanical keyboard too i did my part <laughs> right right we all play a part in some way or another you didn't do anything <laughs> i put my tears into that okay all right next next topic uh you know we're always running out of time but um we're we're we we have to talk about the panda and jesus yes you're right we do have to talk about the gmk dmgs (laughs) no all right we'll talk about the pandas we'll talk about the panda so so i talked a little bit about jesus Jesus already but Mm -hmm. um, and i i was there when the situation emerged with uh, like I- sent Bowen and and what's his name um, <laughs> and the comrades <laughs> Super Ivan Super Van sorry Super Ivan yeah uh, but but look so so we've had some really interesting things happen in the last two weeks so last week we talked about how you know here we got the samples from uh, Saint Bowen or Super Van whatever name you want to choose to use for this particular person about the Jesus switch which is the the best way to describe it is a panda linear clone. But this week, much to everybody's like rip Jesus switch, is the fact that Mastrop has stepped out hard and just gone, sup bro, we got this, and they are going to produce actual holy pandas at an affordable price. Now, how much of this are you actually across on, Kevin? Um, hmm, okay. So, well, I read... Actually, Supervan has updates, and I read through those. And I mean, I read through the Holy Panda information thing, but I'm just like... I'm just so confused about this whole situation. Like, they've managed to make this situation so confusing as far as, like, who's involved, what molds are broken, what molds aren't broken, what's possible. Like, so I guess just do, like, a start from, like, uh, where wherever you want to start from the situation, and I'll, I'll see where my knowledge comes in as well. Uh, snap so look the switches people people were getting cranky because the jesus clone was being sold on the chinese market for 60 cents us and he was saying that it would be between a dollar to a dollar 50 depending on how many people were buying in but here's the thing it makes no sense because he said the switches have already been ordered they've already been made he's not going to do a second run so he's got like 
10,000, 20,000 switches, but why is he fluctuating the price and going, well, the most you're going to pay is $1.50, but it could come down as low as $1 if there's enough people. Like, that's stupid, right? That well, already now, yeah, now, triggered people. Now he's, he's keeping the price at $1, right? So Mastrop are keeping them at about a dollar, depending on the No, no, not Mastrop, Mr. Oh, Supervan. Uh, Supervan. I, I think he is, but that's because of what has transpired. Now, people are not quite pitchforking yet at Mastrop because it's very vague on what Mastrop is actually offering. And, and mm-hmm. this controversy goes back to the fact that 27 and Ziz have said repeatedly, and Ski With Pete from 1UP Keyboards has also said repeatedly that they were not able to use the molds because they were beyond usable, okay? But then if Mastrop is coming out and going, hey, guys, we can make original panda housings, people are like, what? what is with that? Now, there is a little bit of text that basically says that the component of the mold that the housings are in contact with were not damaged. Now, if you know anything about mold systems, injection molding, they can be very complicated with a lot of parts stacked together to form sprue channels, injection channels, you know, expansion channels and all that kind of stuff. Um, a colleague of mine from work used to be an industrial designer, similar to Rama and stuff like that. And one of the exercises that he would teach would be like, he holds up a product and goes, how many pieces do you think the mold needs to be to make this? And most often than not, you'll be surprised at how many pieces because the way that the molds come apart to get out your injected product. So with that in mind, it was probably out of Ziz27 and Ski with Pete's ability to make that mold function again because they may have had to pay for re-milling of the other required parts for the mold that were not the housing. But Mastrop being potentially loaded with money seems to have coughed up to get that fixed, to get those parts replaced because they're saying these are original B-Sun housings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one question that people are going, is that really what's happened? Are they actually going to be the same housing? The next part Mas- though, is... Mastrop yeah. wouldn't lie about this, okay? <laughs> now, sorry for the cynicism. Um, it's not that they might not have lied about it, but they may have, you know, misrepresented themselves. Uh, the, the, but the other thing is about the leaf, because the actual the actual tactile contact leaf makes a big difference to how the stems feel when they move against it. You know, how much of a bend in the material that it's made out of and its response. But it's very quiet on that front, it would seem. It's very, very quiet on that front. So we Mm -hmm. actually don't know if these holy pandas will actually be the same feel as the OG Holy Pandas. And -hmm. people want samples. People want to be able to get a small amount of samples before they commit to 
actually forking up for large volumes of these. Well, Don, you can buy a mere 30 for $20. <laughs> you can buy a mere 20 for $30, and then you got to add postage. But for some people, that is a lot of money, especially and if tax. you don't live in the U.S. Yeah, like, I know. that. This this disqualifies both of us, Don. <laughs> now, now I, so, so my Movember giveaway, right, was the modified talking piece keyboard. The winner was in Romania. It cost me $71 to ship it to him. Okay. Is this US or Aussie dollars? $71 Australian to ship it to him, right? Now, I paid that because that's part of the deal. It was a giveaway. I would front the cost and, and that's what I'm doing. I don't care. I'm not complaining about that. What I didn't realize was the EU taxation because they were like, did you put a valuation on it? Because the EU will tax anything greater than $10 with a base charge of €6 plus 19%. I was like, holy crap. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot. So for like $100 worth of stuff, you're paying... 6 plus 19 euro, you're paying 25% value of a $100 good that's going in. So now, if you are buying $20 worth of pandas, right, and then you're paying goodness knows what to send it to Romania, and then you're slapped with 19% plus 6 euro on top, those pandas get very expensive very quickly, just for samples. Wow. Now, noting that Mastrop has sent very big boxes with a crap load of packaging in it for very small items, goodness knows how much the shipping is going to cost as well on top. So that's why people want samples because they want people like Huey, like Input Club to put them on the testers and go, you know what, these leaf springs are the same or this you know force curve and hysteresis is the same or is not the same it could be better it could be worse once again this is all hype it's all hype until people take the plunge for everybody else and check it out and review it but at the same time 1300 people have pre-ordered this that's a lot of switches if they get the base pack or more now, the, even the Australians are doing a massive group buy. So, there's one person here who is going to be buying these in bulk, right, to make it a one purchase block. And then it's going to be split once they get here to save on individual shipping splits. So, I don't know how many switches are going to come, but I would suspect a good couple of thousand easily. Because even, even at the price of a buck for what it is, it's probably relatively worthwhile for those chasing that super tactile holiness so Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean so the reason why the run reason why this is interesting to me i hate the holy panda hype so much but i do like that they're already assembled so you don't have to buy pandas and then buy the um halo the halos halos it's not the hakos it's the halos right in theory, they're the same. No, 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 because the Hakos are box switch style. No, but it's all about the bump, not the cruciform. Well, it's. I think the structure changes. I think Hakos 
and halos function differently. Well, I mean, maybe tactility wise, they're very similar, but there's way more just just than the tactility. Um, I think tacos and halos are totally different, just my opinion. But yeah, I do like that they're already assembled. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish well, I that's could just where like that, that's where the price really is worth it because you're not buying two switches and then spending your time disassembling to reassemble. Yeah, yeah, and. It just always seems wasteful, like the zombie, zomb- the what is it, Franken-switches? Franken-switchification. <laughs> I've never been a fan of that. It seems like just like a waste, wasteful idea. So, yeah, I, I do like that they're, like, master up are the Halo Switch people. So they have the Halo Switches. So they don't, like, they could they could have so easily done this and been like, we'll sell you Halo Switches and Panda Switches together for $40 for 20 of each. Like, they could have been annoying like that, but they didn't. Like, they, this is probably taking them extra effort than that. So, I'm happy that they, they did that, and they, they're doing, like, a custom product, like, a real custom product. So, that's, like, I think they should get some props for that. It does make me wonder, though, who's their factory that makes the stems? Because did they take the mold... And just go to the factory and go, here, you can use this mold and make this? Or do they get the molds from B-Sun for the Panda housing and give it to their Halo stem manufacturer? Because obviously, as part of their production line, they're not going to like get the stems from one manufacturer and ship it to the other manufacturer and go assemble them with these. Do you know what I mean? I, I, bet, I bet the stems are being manufactured, but the assembly is being done at B-Sun because probably they're going to be using the same... Uh, the same contacts, the the leaves from the Beast Sun Factory, because that was with what the pandas were. So but that's that's where this this vagueness is that people are questioning: Are they? Yeah, but that's all things? like, that's all like. I mean, I mean, I think they're gonna be legit. Like the the pan the pandas the holy holy uh, the halos are gonna be the legit stems, uh, and the clears are gonna be the legit stems because i think they're just going to make them at whatever facility they make them in and then ship them for assembly at the panda location (laughs) well and i i think that i i would bet that the assembly's done at the panda location that makes more sense to me now without without looking okay without looking what is the ship date on these oh god like 2021 not that bad come on i don't know 20 uh, let, let me guess uh october 2019 wow that that's super cynical there no it's may 20 right so we're now uh, what december 7 it's hey this is not bad at all the six months no i i don't may 20 that's like five months yeah, I, I, five. It should be. It's actually five months, almost six months. Yeah, almost I, I six months. Five and a half for, freaking months. Seriously. I don't. Seriously, honestly, I don't actually think that's that bad. Put it this way: box switches between when Mike went to Kale and went. We have a problem with these busting caps to retooled coming out. It's faster than this. 
And this is an existing mod that they just fixed a damaged component. But they already make Halo switches, and they sell them, and they've done drops for Halo switches. So I don't understand why it's a six-month drop process. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that they give themselves more time than they need. Um, and I think they learned that the hard way, and maybe they're getting a little better at that. But I... I think it, I I don't know I don't I'm not offended by that time frame. I'm not I'm not offended by the time frame. You but sound it, offended, Don. <laughs> I think you need to be honest with yourself here. I'm not offended about it, but it there doesn't seem to be a reason for it. That's that's you, my gripe. It's not an, it's not a taken offense aspect of it. It's more just an well, unreasonableness about it. Maybe they maybe they're still figuring out the the mold stuff like uh, maybe maybe they're not set up for production of these b-sun inverse housings yet fully <laughs> so they like were able to confirm that they can make them but now they're going to bring in the mold the mold mm. engineers Look, they're gonna do their mold engineer magic. I hope Mastrop is actually successful and able to pull this off. But the sad reality is, a lot of the community are skeptical. <laughs> okay, because Mastrop just hasn't had the best of uh, clean drops, shall I say, when it comes to some things. I don't know what you're talking about. The Palm Electro Capacitance keycaps were clean they were cleaned actually i haven't got them yet so i I should hold all comments till i receive them oh dear look we've we've flogged this dead switch enough um it's it's dead jim nobody is going to know or say anything more until they just turn up it's that's just turn up that's just how it is but you know what we won't know for another six months yeah, yeah. Let's. You should try to get a sample. <laughs> I'll try to get a sample. We should all try to. Somebody, one of the listeners, should try to get us a sample. <laughs> uh, you you got to start flexing more to uh, Yambo, man. I know. I met him like one time. <laughs> you like, hey, he remember me that time? <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't remember me. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah, we haven't even come up with anything for giveaways this week either. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Um, which means next week, if we do come up with something, it's going to be super challenging to... Uh, well, you know, it's still a couple of weeks. There's still two weeks left in the month anyway to do that. So uh, we'll we'll have to think up something very hard for the last Idea 23 keycap that we have available and also the December Kibio kit. So, uh, yeah, have to put some thinking caps on. Now, are we going to do anything, by the way, for Christmas slash New Year's, just out of curiosity, while we've, we're on the air? Um, yeah, we are going to do something. What are we doing? Are we singing again? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't plan it. What? <laughs> we're going to do something. We're going we're gonna to do something that we're going to announce next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you you heard it here this week. We're going to do something and we'll announce something about it next week, whatever that might be. <laughs> yeah, it's a surprise. Oh, it's probably going to be a, a real surprise for me. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, we will we will think about something. Remember, if you have any suggestions for the Christmas I, episode, I have, send them to send them to me. <laughs> I actually so Outrage Pudding already sent one through, and Outrage Pudding's suggestion was that we do songs, but we substitute uh, like Twelve Days of Christmas with keyboard related things, and people could suggest like what those items would be for the Twelve Days of Christmas. Ooh, that'd be one. you know, for the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me. You talking about the outrage putting think tank we have, <laughs> independently funded? <laughs> a Halo switch in a petri? That would just be weird. Why would you put a Halo switch in a petri? Anyway, and that would be that would be an interesting or challenging competition, maybe even something that would make sense and is singable. So. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, I think we've run over a little bit, but that's okay. You know, just chilling out, having a good time, and it's good to have you back on board. But uh, next week, Ho Chi Minh City, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am going to be there, but I should I should still be on next week. But expect a drop in audio quality, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we'll just wing it. We'll wing it and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for coming along this week, Kevin. Really appreciate that you're uh, back back on board. And of course, thank to everybody for tuning in and checking out another episode of the board. If there's anything else you'd like to say this week, Kevin? Um, no, I have a keyboard that I'm building soon. I'll try to. I think I'm going to do a review of it when I'm done. I was going to do a build video, but I kind of just want to relax while I build it. So I think I won't do a review video or a build video. But I think it's a good review video yeah okay so maybe and, and you're maybe this weekend. soldering station too yeah i got a soldering station um it looks great i haven't actually turned it on yet so <laughs> <laughs> lower your expectations is all i have to say you turn it on and it goes bang <laughs> yeah, oh no the black work. magic smoke is going uh, make sure it's on the right voltage settings too, by the way. Because if yeah, if, if you're in a two forty and it's not, it should be there, right? Yeah, it is. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I, I think I think it's, I think I think it. I shouldn't have any problems as far as electricity goes. It's the correct plug and stuff. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, cool. Thanks everybody for listening. Well, don't forget, we do have a YouTube channel with all sorts of wacky things on it. We also have a Patreon page if you'd like to support us with uh, your loose change, or you can buy us a coffee as well if you feel like it. Uh, There's random stuff that goes up on our Instagram from time to time, and you can always reach us via Facebook, Slack. Just send us an email to theboardpodcast at gmail.com to get an invite, and of course, on Reddit. So, thanks for tuning in again, and... As usual, until next time, happy clacking.